Welcome back to GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. With me today is Kimberly Young. And here's a bit about Kimberly. Kimberly F. Young is the CEO and founder of Forever Young Management Services, LLC, empowers career-driven women, break free of an unfulfilled life, and discover their passion and purpose. Overcoming abuse, teen pregnancy, and homelessness, Kimberly went on a journey of self-discovery and uncovered her passion for helping others and seeing them succeed in their own life. She uses her course method to teach women the various ways to unleash their highest level of potential and talents. Kimberly has been featured in Be Your Own magazine, and as a guest on Entrepreneur Podcast Network, creating a brand and Ask D Pros, where she discussed her own personal and professional journey. She is an excellent addition to anyone's conference, podcast, panel, or show as she provides fresh as well as unique perspectives on multiple topics. And today, Kimberly and I will be discussing Who's holding you accountable? Where we're going to get into self accountability. So, without further ado, welcome Kimberly Young. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you, Kimberly, for being here on Gems, where you know the mission is to educate, inspire, and motivate. And when you think about who's holding you accountable, what led you to starting your own business? I low-key feel like this was something that I was called to do for many years now, and it took me forever to do it. So let me backtrack a little bit. About 12 years ago, yes, 12, I found that I worked in corporate America, and I still do, but I worked in corporate America, and I was having conversations with um, everyone, you know, regular people. I'm very social. And what happened is that people kept telling me about their dreams and their stuff that they want to do with their lives and businesses and just so many things. And my question and my response would always be, well, why not? What's holding you back? What's stopping you? Why not? And people would say, well, because I don't have the time or I don't have this or I don't have the capital and just, you know, almost every excuse under the book, right? And so I started to do the research, create a program or create like a path for them and then bring it back to work the next day. And they'd be like, oh, you did all this? Yeah, why not? I mean, I'm showing you it's simple to do. You know, sometimes we think that it's a, it's a lot harder to get things done and it's really not just, you know, step by step. And so I basically would just start working with um, men and women, particularly women, and guiding them, telling them, hey, this is your passion. This is what your dream is. Why don't we go for it? Why, before you rule it out and say, it's not feasible, it's not possible, let's go for it. And that's how I basically started becoming their accountability partner in a sense. And it kind of turned into a business in the process. <laughs> ah, nice. So when you started out doing it, were you just doing it because you were really passionate about helping others? And did you monetize it in the beginning? No, I didn't monetize it. And quite frankly, I probably should have, but I didn't monetize it. It's almost like, well, how do you charge these coworkers when they weren't making a lot, right? I kind of knew the T as far as who was making what. So it's like, you know, I didn't. And then I kind of felt like it's your dream. Just, yes. just put that into perspective. It's your dream. Why wouldn't you go after it? Why, why wouldn't you? If you had somebody in your corner backing you, telling you, yes, you could do it, pushing you, encouraging you, you know, helping you overcome obstacles, why wouldn't you? 
So it, between both of those, it was definitely a big thing for me. Uh, and I like that you said that because I could resonate with that because in the beginning I was giving away my coaching services for free. And then someone told me about the free to fee method. It was this wise guy who's now a part of my network. And he's like, you've given away your dues of things for free. Now you have to add on your fee because people are going to respect and value what you have to offer more when they pay for it. And the fact that you said you were working with people on telling them it's your dream, you were holding them accountable. But sometimes people, they know what their dreams are, but they have to go through the process of deprogramming and reprogramming their software. And their software is their mindset. Because if you don't have the right mindset, then you're not going to be able to turn your dreams into realities, because you have different malware that's being loaded on your software that is causing your software not to function at the optimal speed and level it should. That is correct. And that's literally what I started to find in the process of working with so many people, so many different people. Even till today, I still run into that issue where they would say, you know, I don't have it or I can't or this or that. And they would really come up with, you know, 50 million excuses after I practically showed, hey, this can be done. This is very feasible, right? And so, yeah, to your point, that's exactly what I would run into and I started to figure out, that's when I really started to dive into mindset as far as, well, what makes me different from them? And why do I feel like I can go after my dreams and why they don't feel like that? And that's how I started to get into mindset and figure out, oh, now everybody's built the same and, you know, the software, the hardware, it's like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> and when you personally think about your self-accountability, what are some things that you have implemented to keep yourself accountable? Because sometimes we as multifaceted and multidimensional women, we get so busy pouring out into every and anybody that we forget to pour into ourselves and ignite our own dreams to tap into our own purpose. Yeah, I, man, that was really good because that's literally the story of my life. <laughs> so I think for me, there are a couple of things that I do. I will go ahead and I visualize a lot. I meditate a lot. I think about the things I want to do and the things that excite me. And I remember a few months ago, Steve Harvey posted this video on YouTube about creating a 300 list of things that you want and just to envision it. And I've, he was right. By the time you get to like 75, you're like, well, I don't know what else to really envision. But I, I got a good portion of the way and I flip through that quite often. I do this visualization meditation. Well, first of all, I meditate every day right? At least five minutes a day. You know, it's, it's can be challenging, right? Busy, but I, I meditate at least five, five, five minutes a day. But visualizing, that's something I do at least three times a week, you know, anywhere in there that I could get it. And even if I'm dozing off, right? I know I'm dozing off in, into my dreams that I want, right? So that's, that's something that I do. I also use the reward system where I pretty much say, you're not going or you're not doing until dot, dot, dot is done. And I also balance my schedule to make sure I'm not overwhelmed with things. Ah, I like that. And I want to dive a little bit deeper into the vis visualization piece, because whenever you see things, one thing that helps me is one of the statements that says, write the vision and make it plain. plain. And for 
Yeah. And so for those of you who are either religious or spiritual, that is Habakkuk 2 and 2. And for those of you who are not, just envision that you're working on a vision board or having your mind mapping session so you can put some context around where we're going with this. And whenever you visualize something, what are you doing during that practice? Well, first of all, I'm away from my kids. <laughs> first of all, let's start with that. I like to do it very first thing in the morning. Um, I'm an early riser. And so by the time I'm done working out, I get back, I shower, I sit down to meditate and do that visualization. And or before bed, whichever one, but typically in the morning is when I try to get it done. And I basically just shut out everything around me phone off, everything off. The only thing I should hear going is my fan or somebody outside, right? And I'm really just focusing on what I see happening, right? What I see going. Um, occasionally, I'll put on YouTube, and YouTube has these really amazing visualizations um, that you can follow, guided, visual guided visualizations that you can follow, um, and those are also really good, too. Mm, okay, and I like the fact that as you're talking about it, you gave some tools and resources, which are guided visualization, also making sure you're in a place without any distraction, because if you're in a place with distractions, it is, you know, counteracting your stillness and your peace of hearing your inner thoughts and actually visualizing what you want to see come into your life and what you're trying to manifest or what is trying to be downloaded in and through you so you could birth something new. So I like that you also talked about that because I think that is so important for us to be mindful of. And then as far as accountability, do you have a coach? Absolutely. <laughs> That's the first thing I tell people. I mean, I have a coach, but if your coach doesn't have a coach and there's a problem there. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree because I had to realize that as a coach, I needed to invest in a coach. And sometimes that investment may not always be a small investment, but it's necessary for you to get to the next level in your business because you may have things that you want to achieve, but you need somebody who has been where you are and has now surpassed it. And they are doing incredible things that you are looking forward in in order to help guide you and you have to put in the work in order to see results and that's what I tell people know who your coach is and what type of coach do you want is that coach just doing it for profit over people because there are people who are just after the dollars and trying to secure the bag that they're just going to feed you anything and that cookie cutter method and that cookie cutter method does not work for everybody so that's one thing to be mindful of. And Kimberly, whenever you think about self-accountability, how do you pair it with time management in order to increase productivity? So for me, I this is probably another really great topic that I could go down a rabbit hole on. I am ultra productive. At least I like to think of myself as ultra productive. I am very organized with my time as far as where it goes and who it goes to and how it's really spent. So I have a calendar. I wish I had it close by so I could show you like my little calendar that yes, this is what I live and die by. Like, <laughs> and then I have like a list. Oh, you too. <laughs> and then I have like a list of stuff that are definitely need to get done. 
I have my must-haves that have to get done. My, okay, maybe I won't get it done, but let's, if I want to be ambitious, this is really it. And then I have my self-care scheduled in there, my time with my kids scheduled in there, weekends I'm not available. Where can I maximize my time? That maximize my time. You know, am I over, over-scheduling myself? Because that can happen, right? It's very easy. Um, and so for me, it's really just being about ultra-observant of your time. Yes. So I use um, my electronic calendar. So my calendar on my phone and I put in my nail appointments that I do once a month. I put in, you know, my hair appointments whenever I choose to get my hair um, professionally straightened instead of wearing it naturally curly. I put in, you know, dates that me and my husband have, you know, planned for either getaways or whatnot. And I am very meticulous when it comes to my calendar because I feel like having my calendar is a form of self-care and self-respect. And it also lets people who are connected to me know where my boundaries are. Because if I have something on my calendar and you try to break into my schedule, it's not going to work because I don't break into your calendar. And that's where we have to draw a line in the sand and establish those boundaries because everyone's time is valuable. And one thing that I started to do is implement a no-show fee on my podcast because I've had people not show up to a podcast, not even, you know, reschedule or not even let me know that, hey, something comes up, came up because I understand that emergencies do happen. But if you know something happened, just send a quick no or just send something to be respectful of the other person's time. So I'm like, when we go to the doctor's office, they have a policy up that if you don't show up, they're going to charge your card. So why can't we do it as business women and why do we have to feel shame and guilt for establishing certain boundaries with other people other people want to be respected just as much as we do and I just have to be mindful because they say time is money and we all have 24 hours in the yes, day ma'am. yes ma'am <laughs> preach it and say it louder in the back <laughs> so another thing I kind of want to dive into a bit, um, because I think it does go with self-accountability and accountability as a whole is the power of your mind, because that equals mindset, mindset, thing, um, things, mindset shifts and perspectives, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so go ahead and talk briefly of the power of your mind and how important is that to you? personally, as well as professionally. So like I said, I started this like maybe 12 years ago, right? I will tell you my mindset was not always where it should be. I think I believed that I could do what I what I wanted to do, what I set out to do, but I kept telling myself lies, right? Different things that I would go ahead and, and, and implement, you know, or, or tell myself, um, and that would slow me down, like drastically. And, and, and even, and I will tell you, even before this business, I had two businesses before this. So mindset played a huge part in those two businesses um, and why I don't have them, why I have this one. <laughs> so with that being said, I think professionally is a huge ordeal. If I'm not working on my mind, how can I push my, my client to get to the next level? How can I reassure them that you can do this? Right. I have to be that that strong backbone for them, in a sense, to go ahead and to get them there. It's a matter of, you know, not only 
not only making sure that I work on my mind, but giving them the tools to work on their mindset as well, because I can only do so much. And so I found that professionally, it ties into personally, and they pretty much intertwine because around the time that I started really getting heavy into personal development, it was really for my business life. And I found that it also works in my personal life as well. And this is how I ended up getting so self-disciplined with time and, you know, accountability and holding people accountable and just doing just so many different things that I found it tying into. Um, and that's, that's a huge thing. So discipline is a really huge thing for me because I found that personal development very much does that. And of course, plays on your mindset, right? It, it, it all ties in together. It's like one great big circle. Yes. Yes, it is. Because it's like in life, everything connects if you think about it. And knowing what type of seeds that you're planting is eventually going to reap that abundant harvest. And if you are not sowing the right seeds, then don't expect for you to get a fruitful harvest and get that yummy crop. And one thing that we have to do is not only focus on the self-care part, but we also have to lead by example because people will tell whenever something in you is not right and there is some form of off balance. So in order for us to maintain an equilibrium, we also have to take our own advice and lead by example, change our vantage point, get a new perspective and begin to shift. And as we begin to shift, we begin to elevate and we also begin to leave those imprints that are driving an impact. And that impact is allowing us to be the world changers we desire to be, in my opinion. And it's so empowering whenever other people from the outside looking in can see that, but it's also empowering us when we internally can see that manifested externally and we start to see how everything is coming together together to really create those synergies right and i oh yep go ahead no 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 go ahead and one thing that I, um, a book that I read was a book by Joyce Myers called The Battlefield of the Mind. Mm -hmm. And it was so powerful because whenever you think about it, you're like, our mind can be a battlefield with the thoughts that we allow in negative versus positive, good versus bad, pessimistic versus optimistic, light versus darkness, and so many things. And then we also have to ask, what are we allowing in our ear gates? Who are we allowing to speak to us and in us, if that makes sense? And then also, what are we seeing? Are we connected with people that are not conducive with our personal or professional growth? Who's in our inner circle? And where are we allocating the majority of our time? Because that also weighs in on the power of your mind, in my opinion. No lies being told. Literally, no lies being told. I am a huge advocate for who you surround yourself with. That's like such a big thing. And what's going into your ears. I always tell my girls, like, you have to pay attention to what's going in your ears. Don't just think that, you know, whatever you're listening to or whatever you're watching is, is it. No, you need to make sure that you're putting good things into your mind because it trickles out later on and it shows up later on in your day. So I always try to get them to, you know, listen to something productive first thing in the morning. It's kind of hard. Um, for me, it's the Bible, right? Get them to 
do their devotion, do their Bible, spend like an hour with God. It's it's hard. It's, it, I will tell you that. But <laughs> but I, I I work with them to go ahead and to get that done because I just think that's super important. And more importantly, is their friends. Who are they around? Right. That's like a huge ordeal. This is stuff that I didn't really grow up with. I didn't really know. And so I'm just trying to make sure I impart that wisdom, you know, on on to my kids and onto anybody else that will actually listen to this. So you are a thousand percent correct. And I guess another thing, too, that I would add in is your upbringing from your family, because I am South American and Caribbean. And when I was growing up, my mother did not allow me to go to sleepovers and she did not allow certain people to come over to our house or me to go over to some of my so-called friends' house because she didn't know how their parents were. She hasn't really met their parents. She doesn't know what goes on in their household and et cetera. And, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't really understand it because I'm first-generation American. And I'm like, I just want to go to my friend's house. I just want to play. I just want to do certain things. But now that I'm older, I could actually see it because there are so many things that happen that are done behind closed doors that don't get to surface until something bad were to happen. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm not a mother, but I have nieces and nephews. And I was like, oh my gosh, you really have to be mindful of who your kids are hanging out with because sometimes they only show you what they want you to see, but they never show the other things. And then another thing that I've had to learn is the type of music, like you mentioned, that I listen to, because I love some good R&B or hip hop, but thank God I found CHH, which is Christian hip hop, and the lyrics, yeah. like they have the beat, the lyrics, it's like fire, I'm getting pumped, and I'm like, oh, I'm doing it for Jesus, y'all, <laughs> and um, It took me a while because I was like, wait, as I began to be more intentional on what I was allowing in my ear gate, I'm like, okay, this is not really conducive to the wavelength that I'm trying to move at. This is not really conducive to my morals, my values, and my characteristics anymore. Because as you begin to grow, you begin to mature mentally, physically, and emotionally. And as you begin to, you know, come out of your cocoon in a sense and spread your wings and fly like an elegant butterfly then you begin to know that certain things in the atmosphere is not conducive to your overall well-being you are a thousand percent correct the music I, I can totally relate to because I just realized that sometimes those lyrics play and stay in your conscience and it's not like it's not healthy for you at all, at least for me, right? It's, it's, it's just not healthy. And so I, I completely agree with that. I will also tell you that as far as like even TV shows, right, you got to be super careful, even with, even with what you watch on TV. Some of these shows, I will tell you, and I think they do this on purpose. They make it addictive. They do. Honest to God, they do. <laughs> so you have to be super careful what you're binging on Netflix or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I actually have a rule, right? I do watch TV, but I decided, and this is so funny, I decided maybe earlier this year, I'm no longer binging series. There's no way. I can't sit for six hours and binge while I'm working on something. I'm not giving my what I'm doing 100%, right? So I decided that now I'm only watching movies. And if it's not a movie, I'm not watching it. Like I'm only watching a series and the movie time is like my self-care time, right? It's like my time just to unwind, but I'm not watching series and I'm not watching anything. And I told my friend, I'm not starting any new series. You're going to have to go on and rewatch, watch Game of Thrones without me or any other show because I'm just not watching series. And so that's my 
my take. I will tell you that what I what I have done is that for certain series, if I've already started it, like maybe years ago, like maybe they're in season three or four, I will go ahead and actually wait until those series are done and then try to break it up to binge, to binge watch it in an effort to keep up with the show because I did already start it. But as of this year, I'm not starting any new series. And eventually those shows are going to end. So I like that. And that's a way to tap into self-accountability, y'all, because she is being mindful of where she is exerting her time and energy. And then she's also taking into account if she is binge watching certain things, she is not giving her business or whatever project she is working on 100%. And that's so important for Kimberly. And I also like the fact that you said you've told your friends that you are not binge watching any new series. So that's also establishing healthy boundaries with your friends so they know, okay, I'm not going to call Kimberly about this new series because I know that she has already told me that she is not going to engage in series. And why? Because you value where you are exerting your time. Since your time is equivalent to money and you realize that you have things that need to get done in a timely manner. So I love that and I commend you on that. One thing that I've done uh, recently not necessarily by choice because I love cable, but we have cut our cable because the bill just kept increasing and increasing. And my husband's like, you're not even watching all these shows. And the show that I was watching was with, with my dad and my dad passed away last year. We were like really into um, power and oh, Amari Hardwick. I don't know what it is, but I was like, I told my husband, oh, that man is capital F-I-N-E, fine. <laughs> I was like, it was just something about Omari Hardwick. And then I liked um, Tommy in the show. So me and my dad were just always to watch it or whatnot. Then um, Power 2 came out. And then so we watched that for a little bit up until my dad got sick and then he passed away. So then it was no longer fun watching it because it's like me and him would just get there and watch it. And then my mom was like, why are y'all watching that garbage? And my husband's like, oh, just watching that foolishness. <laughs> but then it was a way for me to bond with my dad or he loved telenovelas. And since I can't speak Spanish fluently, I will watch enough until, until it got just so drawn out where they're like ay los mios <laughs> or whatever the case may be because <laughs> my dad spoke four languages fluently so mm -hmm. I try to do different things that I could bond with my dad because that was our special daddy daughter time but now I always have those memories so I love that you share those tips. And as we begin to wind down, Kimberly, I want to play a wild card game to know more about Kimberly Young. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. Okay. One, favorite color? Purple. Purple. Purple rain. <laughs> <laughs> Two, favorite vacation? Ooh, I don't have a favorite vacation because I am an average traveler pre-corona. So oh, I like okay. to travel, period. So I'm going to make the best out anywhere I go. <laughs> okay. So since you don't have a favorite spot, travel recommendation based on the previous places you you have been. Where did I go last? Where did I go last? It wasn't Mexico. I went to Toronto. I, I believe my last trip was Toronto. Toronto. And people, yeah, Toronto, Canada. Yes. Tons of family there. 
um, I guess it was a vacation, a vacation within there. Wait, well, yeah, Toronto. Okay, so I did Toronto and people don't realize that there's so much to see and do there. Like they just think, first of all, it's, it's massive. It's like a, a huge city. It really is. And there's so much to see and do. It's wow. unbelievable. Did you go for a caravana? Of course. Well, <laughs> I, I've been once for caravana, right? And for everybody that doesn't know what caravana is, it's like carnival, right? So I've gone once for caravana. But the last time I went, I think I just went just to go, just to, just to visit my dad. Nice. Okay, three. I know that you're Jamaican. So say one line in your Jamaican Creole patois. Oh, this is like the worst. What do you say? <laughs> I, I always get that, but I never know where to even begin. And just I, act, I, okay, let's visualize. Just act like okay. as if you were talking to your mother right now and you were just having like a conversation and, you know, you're just catching up. So first of all, in the Jamaican household, you have to say good evening, good afternoon, good morning. That's first of all. And then you go into what you have because then they'll say, oh, you're not a manas. You couldn't say good morning or good evening or good afternoon. Translation, you don't have any manners. You cannot say good evening or good morning. (laughs) Continue. Then I would go into, so no, first she would say, so you eat for breakfast. What did you eat for breakfast? And then I would tell her, oh, I had like a mango or a cup of coffee or, you know, a tea or something like that, right? Something simple. And then she would say, so you work out today? <laughs> did you work out today? <laughs> how long you work out for? Oh, how long did you work out for? And then we would talk about, you know, what the kids are doing. What are them all going? Am I right? What do the what are the kids doing? Because Pickney's kids are they doing okay? Awesome! (laughs) You're doing good. You're doing phenomenal. Four dream car. You know, so right now, because you know every level, you know you get to. There's always a dream car, right? So for right now, my dream car, because I don't have it, is an Audi, um, an Audi Q5. Ah. right now but I feel like when I get to that level it may change to be like a Maserati truck or something else to that effect or like a Bentley truck I don't know we're not there yet but right now it's an Audi Ah. Ooh, (laughs) an Audi so I want you to visualize what color do you want your Audi in do you want leather seats or cloth seats oh girl I got this okay so (laughs) I actually want my Audi in black I want tan or caramel on the inside, right? They're definitely leather seats, a thousand percent, of course. Um, and of course, I want a heated steering wheel. Ah, nice. Okay, I got that. I could dig it. See, y'all, she's being intentional and she's visualizing what we talked about early on. So five, favorite food. So I'm vegan and recently transitioned to raw vegan. So I make a salad called the kitchen sink because it's everything but the kitchen sink. So, <laughs> so kale, uh, purple cabbage, spinach, arugula, regular mixed salad. And then it, it's really colorful, purple onions, um, red peppers, yellow peppers, orange peppers, sunflower seeds, not chia seeds, but hemp seeds, avocado, and a salad dressing made from avocado. Okay, so it is 
extra, extra healthy, y'all, but very, very nutritious for your body because your body is your temple. And now, number six, coffee or tea? I'm, I'm Jamaican. I'm going to go with tea. Tea, okay. <laughs> Evan, if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? Oh, I had one the other day. Oh, the one. So the last time I was asked this, I said that I wanted to be um, like Ant-Man. I wanted to be able to shrink because I wanted to be on the a fly on the wall in certain meetings and in certain groups and conversations that you have. Right. Um, sometimes, you know, and we're just regular folk, but sometimes these people that get to like the next level or like 10 levels above, they have conversations that are not like regular full conversations. And I'm always curious, what on earth do they all talk about? So that would be one. I think the next superpower would be to fly. Ah. Fly and, and be able to bring my kids as I'm flying in between the millions of places and the things I do. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> if you won the lottery, what would be your charity of choice? March of Dimes, easily. My both, all three of my girls are premature. Oh, nice. March of Dimes. I like that. And you're giving back for the cause. Okay, nine. Your name, Kimberly Young. What do you want people to remember you by? Ooh, I always say inspirational and motivational speaker. Your accountability partner that pushes you to that next level and pushes you towards greatness always. Boom. And question 10, you could ask me anything that you would like to know. And then once you're done asking your question and I answer, we're going to close this segment out. Oh, question I want to know. Oh, I know. But you know what happened is because we were talking before. So like, I know, but I don't know. Mm, how long have you been married? I've been married since June 2018. Oh, okay. But we, y'all, I did it, you know, backwards because I test drove the car for three years before I bought it. So we've been together for six years. So dated for three years and then been married the rest. Aww. <laughs> You're still married. Yes, <laughs> you yes, still yes. Made it. yes, yes. Still made it. Ma- marriage is work, y'all. But I love my honey, my creme de la creme, my boas, my boo. <laughs> um, and Kimberly, I want you to tell the listeners and viewers once again who you are, how they could connect with you on social media, and leave them with one or two gems. Absolutely. So, of course, my name is Kimberly Young. You can find me on Instagram and on LinkedIn. I believe you're going to link to show notes. Show notes, am I right? I am. Perfect. Okay. So you can follow the show notes and actually find me on on social media there. And so I think that for this most for, for this with the most appropriate um, last little bit that I like to share with you is that never give up on your dreams. I am a firm believer in pursuing your passion and pursuing, you know, your, your, your dreams to get to where you want to be and never think that it's ever too late. And so if you ever feel like it's ever too late or it's not going the way you want it to go, action cures everything. Take some action and get to that, get to that last, uh, get to the finish line. And there you have it. Listeners and viewers of Gems with Genesis Amaris Kent, I want you to imagine as if you were running a race and jump over that hurdle because on the other side of that hurdle is the finish line. And we want you to reach that finish line. Why? Because you were created 
on purpose for a purpose and you are a masterpiece. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Make sure you hit that da -da 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 -da, that bell so you can get all the amazing content that will be shared on our YouTube channel and subscribe to this podcast where you're listening on your audio platform.